Now, during the video, uh, or during the offering, we're going to have a video of uh, Anne DeGroote and a story of her healing that happened here at this church recently. Um, the, the audio in this video is a little bit off, but um, some technical stuff with that happened. But it's so, so powerful that we wanted to show it anyway. And so uh, you'll get to hear about how God worked in her life to bring about a, a really powerful physical healing uh, as we're receiving the offering. And then after that, my wife, uh, Lori, is going to come up. And she just has a great and powerful message for us today. And uh, so it's going to be a great day. And then we'll go into worship uh, after that. Father God, uh, we thank you. Thank you that we can know you. Thank you that you're good. Thank you that you love us. Uh, we just pray your blessing on uh, these offerings as we give them, Lord. And I pray your blessing on every individual and family in this church body, that you'd bless with, with your goodness and your continued provision in everyone's lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, first, my name is Anna DeGroot, and I have been coming to the vineyard for about the past five or six years. And uh, I just love it here. Um, it actually started the middle of June, and uh, I had an eye irritation, and uh, it was running. It just kept on running, and, and I didn't think anything of it, and then it started to get like a different color, like a pink, and I thought I had pink eye. So I went to the doctor, and uh, I said, I think I have pink eye, and the doctor says, no, you have an eye infection. So they gave me an antibiotic to take for 10 days. And the uh, doctor said, you know, you'll be all right in 10 days. It wasn't very serious. Well, then I took it for 10 days, and it just, I mean, it really was a problem. By this time, um, fluid was coming out of my eyes. I would wake up in the morning. The whole side of my cheek would be all film. So... Uh, and it got to the point where I was in pain, so I went to the eye doctor, and uh, the eye doctor checked me, and he said that I had a salation, and it's caused from the oil ducts um, on, the, on your eyelid, and it's a ball, and um, he said it could ruin your eyes, and he says, uh, you know, if it we don't get rid of it, it's going to have to come out. They're going to have to go under the eyelid and cut it out. So he gave me some kind of a, a salve, I call it. And um, he said, put this on your eye. Well, then I put it on my eye. And then the next morning I woke up and my eye was like inflamed. So then I didn't know what to do. I was in pain. I couldn't even open my eye. And I thought, I need to go to church. And at that time, the church was having the healing, the series of the healing. And I thought, I need to go and I need to talk to somebody. Somebody needs to pray for me. Well, I went to church and I was running late that day. Lori was coming out of the church and I said, I even looked surprised because I didn't expect to see her. And uh, the first thing you said to me was, what happened to your eye? And I explained a little bit to you. And then you said, can I put my hand on your eye and can I pray for you? Well, my eye was just throbbing by then and I couldn't half see you. Well, then you put your hand over my eye and I put my hand on top of yours to just apply some pressure. You prayed, you prayed hard and you 
told God, you know, let me get rid of this. And while, while your hand was on my eye, I could feel something, but I guess I was a little doubting Thomas. And I'm thinking, well, maybe it's the sensation of everything. And then I went to the service, and after the service, I came home and I told my husband. I said, I told him what happened, and I said, something's happening. I said, I, 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 I don't know what it is. I said, something's happening. I said, I feel something. I said, but we'll see. The very next morning, everything was gone. I looked at the bump. I had a big, it looked like a BB. And I looked at it, and it was tiny, tiny. It looked like a um, straight pin head. I was open. Pain was gone. It didn't run. I said, thank you, Jesus. My husband and I prayed. And uh, the faith in God, Vineyard Church, I have to give praise to everyone. I don't want to cry. <laughs> Morning, everyone. Isn't that awesome story? Uh, my name's Laurie Cochran, and you might know me as Wilson's mother. Um, I'm also Van's wife, and a proud mother of four grown children, and super proud grandmother of three granddaughters, who I have to introduce to you this morning, um, Phoebe and Estelle, who is just two months old are in Chicago with their oldest son, Chad, and his wife, Nicole. Aren't they beautiful? <laughs> and, um, and then Calla, 10 months old in North Carolina, with our son, Brent, and his wife, Rebecca. And she is walking. So they're in for it. Um, we also have a wonderful daughter, Emily, who is an intensive care nurse. I'm very proud of her. She's in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and um, finishing her bachelor's in nursing and uh, just finishing up the backpacking trip on the Continental Divide Trail in southern Colorado Rockies. And then, of course, our son, Wilson, who um, you can congratulate him today, and Jen, they're newly engaged since yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a beautiful new member of our family coming here, so we're very excited. Yeah, so I am the small groups pastor here, and I've been on staff for 11 years, and I was just a privilege to be able to help people get connected, uh, first with God and then with each other. Um, I long for everybody to be in a small group or a growth group or a house group. Uh, so it's just awesome to see people um, just make friendships that are lifelong and grow in their relationship with God. Uh, I did mention, you all know, Wilson's a, one of the small group's pastors with Luke Hazelmeyer, his good friend. Um, yeah, I wanted to share with you that... Um, You've probably, can I, I hope you can identify with this. Have you ever really longed for something you've planned and you saved for it and it finally comes and then you're just, it's not exactly what you had expected? You're a little disappointed. Anybody felt that way? Um, my mother always told me that the anticipation is always greater than the realization. I never heard that. So, um, yeah, I just was noticing 
why am I not, you know, really jazzed? And and I I asked God, you know, what's going on? And and He said, Laurie, um, you didn't realize that this was a gift that I had provided for you. And at that, I went, oh, yeah, forgive me, God. I haven't really trust, you know, confessed that that was something I just thought I earned and planned for, and it was really a gift from you. And so I just thanked him, and the blessing, the joy returned, and I just was like, wow, this is awesome. You know, God's giving me all kinds of gifts. And I don't know about you, but all winter long, I was just dreaming about a beach and the sun and the sand. And, and so there I was finally. And yeah, it was really wonderful. But um, yeah, I just, I just see that um, you know, thankfulness is part of what Wilson was talking about last week. And that is that um, the gospel of the kingdom leads us into worship. And um, worship requires a sacrifice. And there's usually just one thing that God's calling us to surrender. And we normally know what that is. A lot of the times it's our pride. Uh, we need to ask him to forgive us for something or we need to ask someone to forgive us. And uh, when we surrender that, we enter into his presence and we can worship him more freely. And the more we walk into that, in that attitude of gratefulness and surrender, the more we are just worshiping God 24-7. It's just part of our lives. Um, but it, it takes practice because we're not used to giving up the one thing that we hold on to that's so dear. So, um, yeah, that's, that was the, um, the big idea last week is that worship is really an, the activity that comes out of the gospel of the kingdom. And um, I don't know about you, but I love stories. And the stories of um, people that I've read uh, just impact my life so much. Uh, Heidi Baker just wrote a phenomenal book called Birthing the Miraculous. And she talks about stopping for that one person and seeing God miraculously move when she focused on a child that was just sitting along the road, abandoned. And um, another story that's... um, yeah, that's really touched me is the story of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was a pastor in Nazi Germany who resisted the Nazis, and he gave his life as a martyr for his faith and for his stand on to protect the Jews. And so, um, yeah, you heard Anna's story today, and a couple years ago I shared my story of how my hearing loss and finding out about that when I was 35 has really um, shaped me since I've really thought about it more when I was in my 60s that it's I'm just discovering. I'm still learning who I am and why God made me. So other people's stories and our own are worth noticing and pay attention to and just see that thread of God's work in your life and what he is being um, actively doing in your life. But... There's probably no more profound and life-changing stories than what we find in Scripture and about Jesus. Um, And and so I want to share with you a story today from um, um, Dr. Luke as he tells it 
Um, and, and so you don't need to turn to it, but maybe you'll want to read about it in Luke 7 later on. So, imagine it's a really dusty afternoon, and Jesus is walking in a um, marketplace in one of the small towns in Galilee. You know, there's dozens, hundreds of little towns, and he's just going from one to the other, telling them, the kingdom of God is near, and he's healing people left and right. So this young young boy, man, he's he runs up to Jesus, and he's just kind of, you can tell he's a little timid because he's heard about Jesus. He's never met him, but he knows that he's done phenomenal miracles, and uh, he just doesn't know if he's going to be able to interrupt him. And when Jesus sees him, he stops with a smile and just says, yeah, what's up, dude? And, and he is, um, just says, my, my master's asked me to invite you to his home for dinner tonight. Uh, if you can imagine here, um, Jesus has just been healing left and right. There was a man in the synagogue who, had, who was delivered from a, a demonic spirit, and another one whose hand, his withered, leprous hand, was instantly healed. Word, word's out. I mean, he has raised the paralytic that um, his friends lowered uh, through a roof so that Jesus could heal him. And he just picked up his mat and walked off. And a man that had been waiting for his whole lifetime to be able to use his legs again was given a word by Jesus, and he got up and walked. Then there's the centurion who just asked him to come and heal my very um, special and, and faithful servant. And Jesus says, he's healed, and the man says, I believe it. I know you have authority. I just know how that works. And sure enough, he was healed. And then just the other day, Jesus is walking by a funeral procession, and there a young man who had died, he was, his mother was a widow, and Jesus raises him from the dead. I mean, that's pretty intimidating, but it's pretty exciting too. So when um, this young guy invites Jesus, he's, um, he's saying, Jesus, this, Simon, my master, really wants to meet you. It's like everybody does. But um, he's having a special dinner party, and you're invited, and Simon probably has, you know, some really good friends that are really good minds that have some good questions to ask Jesus and maybe, you know, put him on the spot. And there are people that are able to come into this courtyard because those days the Pharisees had, um, you know, were well-to-do, and they had a home that had a very large courtyard, and people could just wander in and kind of hear the latest that was going on in the town. And so there's a crowd that's able to gather and just listen in and, you know, get the latest. So, of course, Jesus says, yeah, I'd love to come. He does not refuse that invitation. So you can imagine this this crowd gathering, and, and Jesus is just walking right in. No one's greeted him. No one's, you know, said, hey, glad you're here. And so Jesus just takes a seat and um, everybody's basically ignoring him. 
but they're really secretly hoping that there's going to be a really good story to tell or a healing. And um, Jesus' disciples are coming alongside, and they're just scattering in the crowd. They're going to just be in ears um, hearing of the of the discussion and the dinner. And I can imagine that Jesus is pretty exhausted uh, because I know how it is walking around all day. My legs get tired and and I have, you know, nice hiking shoes. (laughs) But Jesus is walking, wearing sandals and his feet are tired and sore and dirty. Um, Probably hasn't had a shower lately. His, you know, his clothes probably need to go to the laundromat. So he's, you know... He needs some special attention, but he's there, and that's all that matters. Um, yeah, even his his voice is probably getting a little raw because he talks all the time, and even to crowds. So, yeah, he's 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 ready for a nice, relaxing dinner. And for me, um, yeah, that's what I'd be looking forward to. You know, a nice, welcoming, happy atmosphere. Um, you know, a good meal, I can just sit back and relax. And, you know, I don't think that's what Jesus was thinking. I think that he was expecting something. And he was asking God, what is it? What are you doing right now? Because he knew that the Father was always working. Well, the the other guests are seated in there jabbering amongst themselves and uh, Jesus can just sense this tension in the air and and he recognizes unbelief uh, everyone else can just smell the stench of dirty feet but it's really um, something that is in the natural that's really happening in the spiritual and so we we know that there's a this unfriendly almost hostile environment that uh, this uh, very strong aroma kind of just kind of hits everybody and in comes a woman that everybody knows because she is the local prostitute she is a sinner and everybody is going what is she doing here and before jesus gets to take his first gulp of wine or hummus on pita she's walking right up to him and their eyes meet, and she's got something, but she's thinking, I'm going to come and anoint Jesus' feet. But when their eyes meet, her eyes just fill up, and she is just, well, a dam of emotion is just broken open, and she begins to sob. I mean, she is cut to the, to the core of her heart. She believes who Jesus is, and she's in his presence. And the, the, just the remorse, the tears are flowing because of what she's done and who she's been. And she's now coming surrendered, and she's just laid it all open. She doesn't care what anybody else is thinking or who's watching. It's just her and Jesus, and she just realizes that this cascade of tears is falling on his feet. So she frantically goes to wipe him off with her hair, and then she just 
keep sobbing and she just the filth and the grime and the and the yuck on his feet it doesn't matter she just wants to love him and she starts kissing his feet and caressing him and it's just, she just wants to honor him because he is her redeemer he's her savior he's her restorer of who she's meant to be who she was made to be And those caresses are birthed out of an intimacy with her creator that no other moment could create. She's got this jar of costly perfume that she's brought. And it's actually just the the, um, payment that she's received. And she's been keeping it for a dream getaway vacation. And she, she just breaks it. And she spends it totally on Jesus, on his stinky, dirty feet. But it's her offering. It's her sacrifice. Well, the, her, her desperation and humility is just kind of lost on the, on the guests. And they are... Um, they're just um, really kind of reacting to the smell because when you mix perfume and stinky feet, it's just kind of yucky. <laughs> and so they're kind of going, oh. But at the same time, Jesus is receiving her worship. And he hears by the Spirit's revelation Simon's thoughts. Because you know what he's thinking. What is this woman doing here? She has no right to intrude on my dinner party. And Jesus, he's a prophet. He should know who she is. I mean, how can he let her touch him like that? Well, Jesus takes it from there. And he answers Simon's thoughts. Because the Spirit's shown him that he's really blind. He doesn't get it, what this moment is all about. And so he says to Simon, I have something to say to you. Simon says, go for it. Let's get the debate on. You know, I've got some good trick questions for you, Jesus. So Jesus tells him a story, and he has a question to ask Simon. So I want you to hear the the scripture for itself. It, It says, then Jesus told this story. There was a man who loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces of silver to the other. Well, neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgives them both. He cancels their debt. Who do you suppose would love him more after that? Well, Simon answers, well, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. And Jesus says, yes, you're right. And then he turned to the woman and he said to Simon, when I entered your home, you didn't offer water for me to wash the dirt off my feet. But she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. 
You didn't greet me with a kiss. But since the time I first came in, she hasn't stopped kissing my feet. And did you give me the courtesy? No, you neglected to give me oil to anoint my head. But she has come anointed my feet with this rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown much love. A person who is forgiven little shows little love. Whoa. Simon and his guests are kind of like, whoa, I can't believe. What's he talking about? We don't believe in him. They're thinking, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? Jesus turns to the woman and says, your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. I've asked Tara to come and sing a song that I'd like you to imagine Jesus is saying to you. The words are going to be on the screen. And imagine Jesus saying to you, your sins are forgiven. I love you. Your faith has saved you. You are my daughter. You are my son. Go in peace. I receive your worship. And as you listen, I just encourage you to respond. Really, there's just an audience of one right here. And it's Jesus himself. So feel free to express your worship to him. Raise a hand, stand up at your seat, come to the front, but, uh, but listen to Jesus speaking to you. Just the tip. Yeah.